Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by the Mercy Health Network. Mercy Health has the most advanced urgent care facility in the world, but listen buddy, if you have a massive head wound don't go shopping around for the hottest emergency room in town. There's no time. You're dying. Today, the Anecdotal Experience Podcast features John Shrek. John, I'd been bugging this dude. He's a comedian in Cincinnati. I'd been bugging him for a long time. I wanted to have him do the podcast. And uh, he kept dodging me. Finally, I called him. I'm like, hey, you're doing the podcast on Sunday. And he knew it was the time. He didn't flake on me. One a trick um, that I've learned if you don't want people to flake on you, make plans. Sometimes you can tell people are gonna flake on you when you're making the plans. You're like, this person has no intention of keeping these plans. They're gonna bail at the last minute. Here's what you do. All you gotta do is you gotta tell them, hey, don't flake on me. And now they'll feel super guilty about flaking on you and they might actually show up. Let's do this podcast. Okay, they didn't let you write for it. We did write it. Uh, a few coworkers wrote it, but was it funny? Uh, not really. Now, <laughs> or at least not from my input. I have, I have a hard time translating comedy to my job. I feel like. I feel like what do you mean? I feel like there's some kind of. I, I'm always self-conscious about what I'm saying, and uh, I'm afraid that something that I say is going to be taken like offensively, maybe. Oh, that's good. Or like get in trouble by, from somebody. Oh, I, mean, I constantly feel like I've got like a dad above me, like, oh, you're doing something wrong. Really? Yeah. At work? At work, at pretty much anywhere. I don't know. But yeah, definitely at work, I feel like um, I'm like two seconds from getting fired always, but I'm not at all. Right. Yeah. You're on like hyper hyper alert of like not getting fired. Yeah. I'm always like conscious of it. Cause I'm like, am I working as hard as I could be? Am I, am I like, that's how I feel. I don't, I don't feel like I work as hard as I could at work. So I'm like, oh, they, they know, but they actually don't. They're just like, you're doing a great job. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's dude. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to like go super far into it. Cause mm. I have coworkers that listen to this. Yeah. But I think everyone always has that thought over their head of mm-hmm. like, you'll have moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm, I'm not fired right now. <laughs> like I'm yeah. not, you know what I mean? You have moments like that. I think mm-hmm. it's like an ebb and flow where you're like, oh, I'm not doing everything I possibly can. I'm not the most efficient employee ever yeah. and people notice and I'm going to get fired. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's interesting, though, because I did at one point I did a I had a job where I did I got let go, I think. But I also like six months before that had a performance review that was super negative. Uh, so um, you kind of saw it coming or no? No. Well, dude, no, honestly, it was eight months after that performance oh. review. And I was let go in like a staffing reduction. It was like a bunch mm-hmm. of us got let go. But it was uh it was like a performance review and the reasons they said that I sucked were not the reasons I did suck. Ah, so you like disagreed with how bad you were yeah. but for different reasons. And I told him that I remember saying, you guys are, I'm not useful at this company. You're totally right. But it's not for these reasons that you're mentioning. <laughs> and I think also that I think also they respected me more and I was kind of on thin ice when they were giving me the bad review. Yeah. But when I said, like, screw you guys, you guys aren't efficiently using me and half the team. And this is why I'm unproductive. So you can fire me because I am costing you money and I'm not (laughs) doing much. I think them saying that it kind of made it feel like, oh, this guy's in control. Did they make changes based on what you said? Kind of? No, No, not at all. (laughs) But they respected me. Okay. But yeah, anyway, that's, yeah, I think everyone has that. You feel that way in real life? Uh, yeah, I think so. I feel like I'm always uh, letting my friends down even because cause I uh, forgot to text them back for a couple days or whatever. Oh, you've got I'm guilt. Very, oh, I do. It's weird. I don't even really know. I couldn't really trace it back to anything in particular, whatever it is. Um, and I, I mean, I, self-admittedly, I, I can be really bad at texting people back. Yeah. Uh, my parents, my friends, any, pretty much anybody. Uh, 
And I feel like uh, people are always mad about it, but there's maybe like five people who actually are, but most people are just like, they don't care. <laughs> like, right. Like I'm living my life. You text me back when you can, like whatever. Right. They weren't sitting by the phone waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I have, I have that too. It sounds like you're like me where you always have this thing where you're like, I'm a bad friend. Yeah. I'm exactly. a bad friend. At any point in time, my friends are going to be like, look, man, you've been bad for too long. It's over. No more. Yeah. Don't text me back because you're not going to get to text ever. <laughs> right. No, I do. But then you also blow texts off. Why do you do that? I don't, I don't even think I blow them off generally. It's, uh, I'll be doing something. I'll see the text. I'm like, I'll text them back in a minute. And then, uh, two days pass. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it, dude. But no one actually cares. Right. Yeah. No, I do that all the time. I always feel like, and I send, do you ever send like gratitude texts? Cause you're so overwhelmed with like, you feel like people don't think you appreciate them as much as you do. I don't, I don't think I do. So just like out of the blue, just telling someone, Hey, I really appreciate you. You're yeah. a great friend. No, I'm bad about that too. Do I'm it, a, man. Yeah. I, I probably should. Yeah. Cause I, I think I'm bad in general of showing people gratitude and that I, that I, you know, care about them. Um, I try to, I try to give it back when people give it to me. Like my, my, my buddy told me today that he loves me. I was like, well, I love you too, buddy. Like, yeah. So that's fine, but I'm usually not the person You're prov- initiating that kind of right. thing. Right. You're provoked to do it. Yeah. Do it, man. Yeah. Do some like unsolicited gratitude texts. Think about it. And I've thought about it too, doing it for friends. You know, I've I've got a lot of friends from college who moved away uh, who don't live in town and I you see their things on Instagram or Facebook, they Snapchat and a couple of years pass and you think, oh, I haven't even talked to this person in so long, but it feels like I have because I see what's going on in their life. Yeah. But I never text them or call them and see, you know, think how things are going. Yeah. But do you feel guilty about that? A little bit, but at the same time, Why? they're not doing it for me either. They're so not. It's like they're, they're living their lives. I'm living my life. It's fine. Like, yeah. And they'd be happy to hear from you. I'm sure. Yeah. But you'd be happy to hear from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> You're Catholic, right? Yeah. I was raised Catholic. You are. Okay. That's, is Xavier a Catholic school? It is, it's Catholic, Jesuit, which is like a, an offshoot, but it's, yeah, it's Catholic. Okay, yeah, it's like a brand of Catholicism, right? Yeah, it's like the cool, hip, liberal, they used to be like yeah. outcasts, and now they've been brought back into the fold, whatever, something like that. The Jesuit, it's like Jesus, right? Put yeah, the Jesus the, in Jesuit? Is it, yeah, yeah, it's some, it's, uh, you're asking like the wrong person, the specifics you were Catholic, uh, dude. Not a good one, you know. Jeez. <laughs> I don't think they're... You know, I've met good Catholics. Mm-hmm. I've met a few. They're like, no, nah, I'm like, I'm doing this thing. Praise be to God. Yeah. I'm going to confession if you want to come. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know a whole lot like that. Yeah. Did you ever go to confession? Yeah. It, it was always compulsory, which seems like the opposite of the idea. Wait, explain. Catholic school, you're, uh, I can't remember exactly when they would make us go, but like during, you know, during Lent or during different times throughout the year, we had to go to church every Friday. It was yeah. like part of the beginning of the day on Friday, the first like two hours. It's like you go to mass. Sometimes we'd go to the church that our school is associated with yeah. to go to mass and things like that. Um, and then during some holidays, like part of it was you went to confession. Uh, some of it was the traditional sit down across from a priest and you tell them whatever your sin was yeah, and they yeah, absolve yeah. you. But there was another one and I never really thought about how odd this is. It's kind of, actually, I, th- I think I thought it was pretty cool when I was young Yeah, because there was just a they would put this big metal bowl up front and everyone got a, a sheet of paper. This was to like do it faster. Cause you know, there's like 200 kids in the whole school or whatever. Um, and you would write down your sin, uh, fold it up yeah. and you would, uh, there was a procession and you'd go up the middle kind of like, uh, for communion or whatever. Right. Um, and there was a priest and a deacon, I think. And so there was two lines and you'd give them the sheet of paper. They would read it. They would bless you. And then you took the piece of paper and you put it in the bowl and there was fire. You'd like, adding all oh, these really? pieces of paper and it was like flame and it was like pretty cool <laughs> that's awesome yeah I, that's I, like cathartic man it's just yeah, like a little, a a little real bit. but at the same time it's like i'm i'm 10 i don't have any sins like oh, i'm sorry that i'm not always nice to my parents that was literally every time i went to confession it was i want to be nicer to my parents something like that yeah which i think kind of ties into what we were just talking about yeah about that that deep-seated guilt for about nothing is that what it is is that maybe, where it, might, it came it, from it might be i don't know writing down sins that don't exist i don't know it may, maybe i don't i think that i did feel a guilt about that where i'm like my parents i know i've never had any real adversity with my parents at all but I, are you know. cool with your parents yeah 
You got good parents? Yeah. Together? They are together, yeah. Nice, dude. They're on vacation this weekend. Are they really? Yeah. They take care of my dog when I'm out of town, so. That's tight, and we see him. Pre- I see him pretty frequently, every few weeks, probably. Do you, yeah, that's interesting, because I'm in the same boat. Like, my parents, mm-hmm. parents happily married? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, they get along, as far yeah. as you can tell? Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? Yes, Do you is. feel weird about that? I, I don't, I don't feel weird about it. Um, it's, I don't, I don't know how I feel. I'm, I'm glad. I feel like there would be a lot more adversity in my own life if uh, they weren't together. Yeah. But uh, just from being in a few relationships, it's, it's hard to consistently get along with somebody all the time. Yeah. Uh, and the idea that they've been together for 30 years, they just celebrated 30 years anniversary last month. So it's like, <laughs> tell me I said congrats. That's such a long time. Will the do. milestone. Dude. Yeah. 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 No, I don't mind. Same thing. I think it's, uh, well, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's good to like watch people that are successful in like mm-hmm. maintaining a healthy relationship, you know, yeah. over that long of a period of time mm-hmm. can be good. I mean, obviously like you're watching people sacrifice yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like I think my mom and my dad, I can see where it's like my dad knows where he's flawed mm-hmm. and knows what he's not good at. And he recognizes that and he overcompensates in other areas. Mm-hmm. So I think my mom respects the fact that he's not good at certain things and he knows he's not, but he's always making an effort. <laughs> so I think you just have to, I don't know. I just think they, that was a lesson I learned from them. I think that's, uh, I mean, I'm no relationship expert, but just from, I've been dating my girlfriend for a little over a year. I think part of just being in a relationship with someone is uh, understanding where you have flaws yourself and where they have flaws and being able to be okay with that and fill in those gaps in your own way or just being more accepting of it. Yeah. Yeah. You seem, are you a relationship dude? No. You're not. No. I, I... I was, I like to be in a relationship. Um, I feel like I'm a lot happier, but I mean, I was single. I've been single most of my life. I've only had two serious relationships. Okay. And there's a big gap. Like the last one ended when I was 19 and then I haven't been in one since oh, about snap, a year ago. Dude. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. So you're okay. Then you're like a single dude. Yeah. But That's like, your... but I don't think it's really on necessarily on purpose. It's more just, uh, just never happened. Why? Well, okay. You as like a single dude myself, mm-hmm. you have to make it happen. You have to be motivated. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How'd you get with your girl now? Uh, well, we knew each other. We we kind of met each other, had some mutual friends. I do a bit. I kind of do a bit about it sometimes. Yeah. We did. We did. We, John's uh, a comedian. We matched. <laughs> we matched up on Tinder. Oh, you did? We dude? did. Yeah. But um, you already knew her. But yeah, we knew, I knew her. She had actually come to a show at Motor like the week before, two weeks before that. Yeah. Um, and I saw her there, but I didn't say hey to her. I recognized her. But you, oh, so you'd matched. We were, we, we, we had, we matched. So we met each other in college at one point. Just okay. like one night we had some mutual friends. Yeah. Um, I don't, she doesn't even really remember it happening, but I do. But she did remember me. Okay. Um, and we saw each other at Motor, and we both kind of, in our own neuroses, didn't didn't say hey to each other. And you'd matched on Tinder. We had not matched yet. You had not. Yet. Okay, got no. it. Got it. So then a couple yeah, weeks yeah, later, yeah, yeah. we matched, and I kind of pretended like that never happened. And then she called me on it like a few weeks later after we hung out a few times. Yeah. She's like, "Why'd you pretend?" I was like, "I have low self esteem. What, what can I tell you?" <laughs> right. Because you're admitting like I didn't have the courage to talk to you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But no, also she, fair. but she didn't say anything either. So you're the man, though. That's your role, I guess. Yeah. That's no, I, I feel that way too. I've I've done that so much where I've oh I do it so often it's it's bad. What you pretend you didn't see someone that you did? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. What? Because you just don't want to. Either I don't know. I've always done it since I was younger. Either I'm a, either I'm afraid that they're gonna not recognize me, and then I'm gonna feel like oh no, I'm a bad person. But they're probably yeah. if if you if someone comes up and talks to you and you don't recognize them and they clearly know you, I think you're the one that feels bad. You're like oh no, what did I do? Yeah, these are normal fears, man. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I do that. I think everyone does, especially with girls, man. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't know if they're going to be like, look, like, yeah, I remember you in college, but like <laughs> beat it. I'm here with my friends. <laughs> and you, I think as a man, you always run the risk of like 
seeming like a creep. Yeah, yeah. Which is not Definitely. a good feeling. No, it's not. Yeah. Especially as, cause, that that's the thing. It's like, I feel like guys who are generally uh, very successful and at least hooking up. Yeah. Going to like the bar scene. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't have that fear at all. They're like, I will seem creepy to a hundred girls. So that even if that means that just one girl doesn't find me creepy, I'm right. okay with that. Yeah. It's a numbers game. Yeah. I'm on, the, I'm on that polar opposite where it's like, I don't want to seem creepy to anyone and I will be single for 10 years. And that's, I guess it's going to happen. I will have never seemed creepy to anyone. Yeah. I may be single. Yeah. And which is, is that, is that better? I don't know if it is. I think it's worse. Yeah. Definitely worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it translates to anything, dude. Mm-hmm. I think it translates fear can rule your life, you mm-hmm. know? Definitely. In that sense. Like, obviously don't go like, I mean, hitting on every girl at the bar. Yeah. But don't be afraid to talk to someone like, you know, your girlfriend now. Mm-hmm. You probably saw her at Motor. You probably made eye contact. Yeah. She I mean, we were, we were in that little room where the comedy's happening. Like, I think I scooted over so her and her friend could find a spot. But I was like, yeah, eh, I don't want to. I don't want to be weird. Whatever. That's what I'm saying, though, because that's like that's the fear. Yeah. When you really would have been. It was just like you had your opportunity. It was there in front of you. But you're like, eh, I'm kind of scared. Exactly. Yeah. And instead of uh, instead of facing that fear, I'm just going to be very disappointed tonight. <laughs> Yeah. You could have said hi to her. You could have struck up a conversation. Right. So, uh, ironically, this weird quote unquote hookup app uh, gave me that second chance for whatever reason. Yeah. Dude, thank God. (laughs) Thank Tinder, the Tinder gods, man. Yeah. Yeah, But I mean, that's, that's the, that's fear of rejection. Definitely. That's just that constant. Well, I mean, you probably had like starting stand up comedy. Mm hmm. That's it's that's what it is because people are always you have that guilt associated like same thing if you like didn't you were like saw a girl you were you thought she was attractive you're really into her but you didn't do anything about it mm-hmm. it's the same thing of like when you say oh I want to do stand up comedy but you're too afraid to do it yeah and really what people need to conquer is their own fear they don't really want to be a stand up comedian but they want to tell themselves I don't want to be afraid of anything yeah does that make sense mm-hmm what was Definitely. your first time like doing comedy like my first time uh, i did it in a, it was part of a contest not not the funniest person contest but there was a contest that rooftop comedy ran for a yeah. couple years it was a college contest and they went to a few different colleges i think like 16 or something uh, xavier was one of them and actually the year before i ever tried it i went to like that the one they did on campus just because i loved stand-up i was a big stand-up fan from like high school I mean, you wanted to do it. No, I just really enjoyed, I just enjoyed stand-up comedy. I thought But was, you, like, wanted to do it. I don't know if I did. I feel like you had to have. Well, before I went up, I, I did, definitely. But the thing that sparked that in me to want to do it was going to that contest. Yeah. And I saw, oh, like, some of these guys are really funny. Some of them, terrible. I was like, oh, you can just go up there and be bad? Well, I know that I have, I have funnier thoughts than that, so I'm going to try it. Right. And then um, the only open mic I knew about was go bananas and I didn't want to invite friends to see me do comedy for the first time. So yeah, I, that's fair. I didn't do it for a year until that contest came around again. Yeah. And I did it on Xavier's campus in like a classroom auditorium. How'd it go? It went pretty well. There were a couple of people that I did know from like other things and they were, they were laughing and they're big comedy fans. Yeah. So like I got laughs. So that felt real nice. I, so, I mean, it went, it went pretty well. I advanced to the quote unquote next round, which was at go bananas. So it went from like eight people to four. How'd that go? That one also went well because I I actually invited friends to that one. So I was like, okay, I found out that I can make people laugh. Right. This is good. Uh, so I'll invite my friends at a club. It's like a legit thing. So, hey, here we go. And uh, that went well. So you're conquering the fear is really what, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did you have, I mean, you, we didn't even really talk about it, but did, were you afraid to do it? Were you always kind of like, no, I saw these guys suck on stage. Oh, no, I was definitely like afraid. Yeah, you gotta be. Uh, and I, I had to go up very first on that show too. Like some somebody warmed up. I think it was actually Mike Cody. They brought him in to do the show, uh-huh. and but I had to go up right after him. Yeah, and I was, I had been listening to a comedy podcast that kind of talked. I think they were talked about how going up first is terrifying, but that's like what you want to be good at because that's the hardest spot. So I found out I was going up first, and I was terrified. Right. Um. But in my head, I was like, one, I can just get it out of the way and not worry about it. Right. Then you can chill. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was more or less my thought. Because 
some of the guys who had done it a few times before, they're like, do you want to, are you okay going first? I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, for sure. Why not? I'm <laughs> so, not scared. Yeah. No, well, it definitely was, I was terrified. You know, right, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't invite anybody. I didn't tell anybody that I was trying it. Like that's yeah. Cause that's the, that's the fear of that's a big, that was like a big thing for me. Cause like when I started, I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone yeah. that I'm doing it. Cause like, I'll fail in front in front of strangers mm-hmm. and never see those people again. Right. But you fail like I've done that. I've like failed in front of my friends. Yeah, it's and, like it's you're inviting somebody to something where you're like, I think these are funny things, but I, I don't know. Uh, come out, come spend your evening watching me uh maybe be bad. I can't tell you whether or not I will. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a f- isn't that's like the fear. Yeah. That's the fear talking inside mm-hmm. of you saying no, definitely. But what if? What if it goes badly? Mm-hmm. Don't do it because this could potentially be bad for you. Yeah. And you could, you know. Yeah, because I think about that. And I'm like, and I talked about that with Hayes. John Hayes been on the podcast. Listen to his podcast. So we talked about it, it was mm-hmm. who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the fear of failure. But once it's the guys that go to the bar and hit on every girl. They, got, they don't have fear. They just do it and they're successful eventually. Yeah. Just put your ego aside Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. You're nothing. You will die. Someone will say your name for the last time and it'll be all over. Yeah. So if you're not doing things for the fear that someone might say you are an idiot or you didn't do very well, Mm -hmm. you're not like living to your full potential. Yeah. And it is weird because once you start doing comedy and uh, maybe a joke that you, that you've, prove it in front of audiences that works yeah and then there's an audience that doesn't like it or there's like one person who like maybe says something it's like that joke wasn't good and it's like you get indignant about it it's like the opposite where it's like oh no you're wrong you're dumb but i don't have that kind of confidence in anywhere else in my life it's just that one specific spot i think because it's been proven like okay yeah i know this is actually funny because it works okay so you don't have that so it's like one specific place in my life where i have any kind of like self-assurance like i know this is good screw you i can say no to the fear because that's that's the fear confronting me saying that wasn't good i didn't like that yeah but i can say no you're wrong it was good you just didn't like it who cares okay so that at that point it's not like indignation like hey come here i'm gonna tell you how funny that joke was Mm -hmm. but it's like no it's fine whatever they didn't get it that person but they are wrong Cause I am confident that I know what I'm doing and I'm mm-hmm. good at this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you do, you've developed that sense of confidence in like, how long can you do on stage? Uh, that's a hard question for me. I, I can do 30. I can do 30. Yeah. So you're like, I've I done can about, I've done the, the most I've ever done is about 30. Okay. So you say I can wrap this 30 minutes of comedy and it is good. Mm-hmm. People may not laugh, but I believe in it and I can stand by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that sense of confidence and self-worth, and which is, you know, it takes time to develop, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Because I think that, I mean, that's a huge, but also now you've been doing comedy enough, you need to put yourself into, like, you are probably comfortable on stage. Yes. Okay. Most stages. Mm-hmm. So one thing I think about is I need to put myself just in life in general to translate it away from comedy Mm -hmm. is like, I need to put myself in situations where I am uncomfortable Yeah, where I can grow and I can, cause really what your comfort zone is just a place where you're not feeling fear. Right. You know? So Mm -hmm. for you, like, are you, do you know where you feel comfortable performing and then places you don't? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I feel very comfortable places like go bananas. Yeah, it's like um, your home club. People mm, like you. Yeah, most place. I mean, most places in Cincinnati. But a lot of times I go out of town. I mean, that show I just did a show last week in New York City. Yeah, and it was a good. It was like everyone was doing really well, and almost that put that put the bar up a little bit. I'm like, oh no, all right. So I better do well. And I was definitely, I was definitely on my heels like the whole set. Yeah, I was doing stuff that I know has worked in the past, uh, and most of it did, but some of it didn't. And I think because I didn't have that confidence. Yeah, I definitely. It, it's it's hard to explain until you've been in the situation but when you're when you're in a different place you're you're not starting from ground one but 
you are in in some ways. You have no, yeah, no, I get that because it's just like these are strangers, man. Mm-hmm. So ever you start, it's a blank slate, man. You really are. Mm-hmm. So you really, yeah, you get tested. It's a question of like, am I good at this? These yeah. people don't know who the hell John Shrek is. Yeah, they don't know that. They know I'm from oh, I'm from Cincinnati. That almost turns people off. They're like, who? Cincinnati? It's farm boy. We're in New York City. Like, right. Cincinnati, are you serious? And then also, you know, there's just different cultures coming together in different, like, different places. Something that people here might think is funny. People are like, that's offensive. I don't think that's funny at all. Right. Yeah, because you just don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's that, uh, I think ultimately what it comes down to is like being confident. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you deliver it confidently enough, if you're confident in yourself, people will believe that they will at least accept that you're not bad. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it is. If it's, there's something, dude, it's the same. It goes back to the dude at the bar, Mm -hmm. the like pussy hound at the bar. Yeah. That guy, there's something inside of that person where it's like, women can tell this guy, this isn't going to, if I like say something to this dude, it's not going to bruise his ego. Mm-hmm. He does not really care that much about how this interaction goes. Like he's, he's into it. It's fine. But his sense of self-worth is not riding on this interaction between him and I. Yeah. Which is attractive. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because they don't need your uh, validation. Yeah. They just want whatever they want, probably to get laid or whatever. Exactly. But, yeah, that's the... But that's also... That's also... I'm going to turn this light on. That's also translates to anything in life. hmm Is confidence. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. That's what they say. Do you, do you, do you feel that? Uh, I feel it. I don't, in I, anything I rarely in act on it, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely do. If someone, yeah, if someone's confident enough that they, they, a con man, confidence man, right? That's what the, is that where it is? comes from? I think so. Confidence man. They're, confidence they're man. confident and they'll sell you anything. I, I, what happened? It, it was in New York. Uh, so a guy came up to me in the park, me and my girlfriend in the park, very friendly gay guy. He was, he, he was pitching a thing that. It was some charity. Okay. No idea if it was real. Yeah. But he was very complimentary to me and my girlfriend. Very friendly. Uh, very personable. Right. Gave him five bucks. He did it. Yeah. He won. If it was real or not, I don't know. I'm, I want to I want to err on the side that it wasn't real. And I honestly don't care because he was friendly enough. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. You earned it. Gave him the hustle. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> exactly, man. Like, I it... wish I had that kind of confidence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Take a, take a tip, dude. Yeah. Take a lesson. All you, man, there's, I remember I worked at Jimmy John's when I was in college mm-hmm. and these dudes came in, they were selling like Aflac insurance. It's the same, like, it's like pyramid scheme stuff. Yeah. They got guys like peddling some like workman's mm-hmm. comp bullshit. And these dudes came in and they were like wearing these like ill fitting suits, like super sweaty showing like they have like an old Acer laptop and they're showing my boss like doing a pitch on some some insurance thing, all right? And I can just tell. I can't hear anything that they're saying. Just read the right? body language. Reading the body language, I'm like, these guys are, they they are desperate. I could smell the desperation mm. behind the counter. Yeah. I'm like, this is not, whatever they're selling, they could be selling gold for pennies. It doesn't matter because mm. they are, they need this too bad. Yeah, so it's not going to work. Right. That's, yeah, that's what it is, dude. Um, that I like whenever. What about that? I thought I'm trying to work this into a bit. We're talking comedy. Oh <laughs> yeah, but it's because whenever someone says like, because people do, people tell me like, you seem like a confident person. You seem like you know who you are, and you mm-hmm. seem comfortable with you know the decisions you've made in your life. And they're like, yeah, you just seem like comfortable in your own skin. And I've realized. I'm like, that's awesome because I'm not, (laughs) but I've gotten very good at, I've gotten very good at pretending. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. I think, uh, I think I'm kind of the same way in some situations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I'm sorry. One sec. Do you need more wine? Sure. Hit it, dude. Yeah. I'm going to like delete some files.
for sure. Yeah, I can just tell with the text like, oh, I'm gonna, okay, let's plan on five and all this stuff. And I'm like, and then I'll oh, text let's, them. Let's plan on, it's like, uh. Yeah, but then I'll, <laughs> I'll text them, okay? And they'll say something like, okay, one, one girl, Katie Woodruff, she even told me. She was like, oh, you said, you said, hey, don't flake on me. Cause I was gonna flake. And then I didn't because you said that. Oh. And I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. All I had to do this whole time was tell people don't flake. <laughs> yeah. No, but I tried it again. It didn't work. Uh, well, cause she, you know, she revealed, she showed her hand. <laughs> right. I don't know, but I didn't do it right. But I was like very insistent. I think I told you that. No, you were telling me that other people had flaked already. Oh, I did. So I felt, I, I, I definitely felt that extra pressure. I'm, I, I mean, I don't know whether I would or not, but I was doing this stuff with my friends. I was like, I was trying to make sure we left on time and I, we, I was only a couple minutes late. Thank you, man. Thank uh, you for I'm, taking this seriously. And I'm very, you know, I've, I've, well, I've wanted to do it for a while. Yeah, I've wanted you to do it for a while, man. And, yeah. Yeah. But it, I think it did definitely help, at least subconsciously, where you're like, a few people have flaked already. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to flake on them. I can't just like be like, I'm not going to do it. That, th- that affected I th- you? I think it did affect me. I wasn't, I wasn't going to flake, but I might have pushed it back another hour or something. I already felt bad about saying, hey, six o'clock instead. Yeah, dude. You know what? It's good that you feel that guilt. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People You're sh- like me, man. People should feel a certain level of guilt. Maybe the level that you or I feel is more than is warranted. But in some respects, it helps us not be shitty. Dude, that's what it... It's, it's, there's a fine line. Um, we can go back to confidence, but... This is good because I think there's a fine line between like guilt and then also feeling convicted about being an inconsiderate piece of shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you and I are probably, what about, okay, you probably get eaten up by guilt sometimes and you're like, oh, I'm the the worst and my parents hate me and my friends and family never love me because I'm always (laughs) letting them down. But do you do this? Will sometimes... You feel guilt from another person. You're like, oh, they probably are mad that I didn't do this or I didn't text them back. But then you'll come up. I knew this. Mm -hmm. So if you want to admit to it, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I'll come up with a reason that it's okay for me to have done whatever I did. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Where I'm, I'm constantly eaten up by it. But then if someone calls me on it. And sometimes, sometimes it is warranted. Sometimes it's like, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't get to it or whatever. Right. But other times it's like, I don't want to actually feel guilt. I, I want the guilt to be on my end. Not, I don't want someone else making me feel guilty. Yes. It's if the it's, same. If it's, yeah. If it's just in my head, there's some plausible deniability. It's like, oh, you're just being too hard on yourself. But if someone's like, hey, I'm just like, well, come on, give me some space. Right. Right. You want to, you want to hate yourself yeah don't hate me i'm doing enough of that for myself right <laughs> right like no one can ever hate me as much as myself so how about you lay off i got it under control here with the self-loathing yeah nah dude i feel that all the time and i'm getting better i don't know i'm getting better at just telling people no you know not giving them any expectation and saying i don't want to do that or i'm not going to do this or you don't need me for that and I can't do this. I'm not going to come up with an excuse. And then I'm also not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to resent you and say, well, you didn't come to my birthday party. <laughs> I'm I, just going to not go and it'll be fine. Yeah. Do you really need me to be there? And like, I'm just going to be awkward in the corner and I'll say, I'll say, Hey, I was there. Uh, but yeah, but they want that. Yeah. But either way, everyone gets over. I think, the biggest thing is that like waste of energy that you spend thinking about the fact this the waste of energy and like hatred you build inside of yourself when Mm -hmm. someone didn't even really care that much they don't want you to feel guilty you feel guilty about something that that person's not even thinking about yeah and you're coming up with reasons to resent that person (laughs) so you feel better about what you feel guilty about yeah you get that? Presenting somebody for an expectation they don't actually have. Yes. <laughs> so now you've like made some hate in your heart mm-hmm. for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. You do that? I think so. Yeah. Do you do that? I feel like that's what happens in 
relationships. I've never been in one mm-hmm. for a long time, but I've had relationships with people, platonic mm-hmm. or romantic, but we do that, you know? Yeah. And I think when you spend, it's the it's the mom and dad thing, man. When you spend that much time with a person, they're bound, you're bound to like do stuff in your head and like find reasons to hate them, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think the secret is for not hating the person you love? To well, to know that those things are to be able to separate the your emotional, whatever that is, that fake. Those expectations that don't actually exist to to be able to separate those irrational thoughts from like rational, just the way things actually are, which. I don't know how you achieve that. I feel like most of the time I'm pretty good at being able to separate those two things. Like emotional versus like like an emotional response to something where like emotionally um, I'm mad that this happened. Yeah. But on the other end, it's like, Oh, well this happened because this, this and this, and it's not actually an affront to you. You didn't, this isn't against you. This is just something that happened and it has affected you negatively. Ah, so taking things personally. Yeah. Okay, and learning, just taking a second to realize, like, oh, not everyone hates John. Just a thing happened to John. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's a good point. I think, dude, Reggie Watts has a good quote. It was Mm -hmm. like, when in doubt, zoom out, you know? Yeah. If you can get a second to consider what's literally happening in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. And say, okay, let's, let's act like I'm not me. Yeah, definitely. Let's let me be a different person. Or let's look at it. This is intense right now. Let's look at it from 10,000 feet. It's nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a very small part of something grander than just yourself. And it's, it's not, it's not about you. Maybe, or maybe it is, but it's not as big of a deal as maybe you think it is yeah it's that like minute detail but in this moment it's the only thing that matters Mm -hmm. yeah isn't that yeah it's bizarre it's hard to do we're making it It sound easy but it's not no definitely not because emotion is very it's it's overpowering you can't get past it even I i can be in a moment where i'm very upset about something and i can at the same time say well it's fine because it's happening because of this, not because of something you did or because of whatever. It's yeah. just not, it's not your fault more or less. Right. But you can still feel this strong emotional feeling about it. Yeah. You can't overcome it. Yeah. It's very odd to, to be it. It's not something that I, I actively do, but I feel like I'm able to have an emotional response and look at it rationally and still have that exact same emotional response despite that rationality behind it. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit scary how much an emotion fuels you just yeah. your physical being and your yeah, mental man. state. Yeah. I mean, it makes it sometimes impossible mm-hmm. to zoom out, you know? Yeah. Cause you're so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I think the people I respect most the people where I'm like, I want to be like that person are the people that are most in control of their emotions. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's like, it really just goes to being cool. Does that make sense? I think so. Like a cool guy, a cool dude, James Dean. Like if you imagine James Dean, he's not stressing. He's not freaking out about something. No, it's that, like, the people I respect most, I'm like, oh, man, this guy is just calm, and he's comfortable, and mm-hmm. he's got it. It's control. And he might, in his head, he might be going insane, but he's able to not push that outward, and he's able to keep it inside, which maybe that's not healthy. I don't know. I but, don't know, man. But maybe it's more healthy than lashing out. I, like, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. I say definitely, I, though. I, I, I I see what you're saying though, where they, they might, they might seem like they're chill. They're fine. This terrible things happening, but they're just like calm. 
Um, but I think they're probably able to separate that emotion from like the right way to react to it and realize, oh, having it react, it's not going to have a negative impact on whatever's happening. So yeah, they've been down that road before Yeah, and they're like, look, I've been here. I know the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do something different. Yeah. Let's, I think if anything, if you can, cause you can be emotional about something, mm-hmm. but it's all how you react, you know? Definitely. Cause that's what people will remember and people will remember you by. They'll be like, oh, that guy is an asshole. <laughs> he got the wrong type of beans on his tostada. He lost his mind at the grocery store. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that. So it's like the collected people. Yeah, that's where I'm like, I mean, it goes back to confidence, man. Mm-hmm. It's faking it until you make it. <laughs> it's it's just being I don't know, man. It's that, like, I'm not good at being, I'm not confident, but I've gotten really good at emulating what I perceive as a confident person. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there is true confidence. I mean, it's all relative, I guess. There's two different kinds of confident people. There's an extroverted confident person and there's an introverted confident person. There's other kinds too, but that's just what comes to my mind immediately. Yeah. But there's the loud, confident person at the bar. And then there's a person who's quiet. They hang out in the corner. They're taught, you know, they got friends around them. They're mm-hmm. not saying a whole lot, but they're like fine with that. But they're doing, it's like, they're doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm loud. I'm quiet. Whatever. They're doing whatever they want to do. But they're like, they neither one of them thinks I should be more quiet like that guy. Yeah. They're not thinking, I wish I was more like that person. Yeah. They're like, I am me. I have become what I've become. I've made the decisions in my life of who I am at this point in my life. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. I'm not mad about it. I don't regret anything. I'm not worried about how I'm perceived. I'm me right now. Mm -hmm. If anyone doesn't like it, that's their own deal because I love me, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Cause, I, to... Cause I am that quiet guy and you know, I've got friends around me, whatever, but I'm, yeah, I, I am 99% of the time the most quiet person in a situation. Yeah. But what, how do you feel about being that? I don't love it. You don't. Mm-mm. Okay. Is your, is your like deep, your, your id, your reptile. Is it a crazy person that wants to be the center of attention? Definitely not. Okay. I want, I want to be that middle ground, someone who's able to converse and, and depending on the situation, sometimes I am easily able to converse with somebody that I don't know that well. Mm-hmm. Usually depends on how much I've had to drink. Right. But sometimes not. Sometimes I'll have several drinks. I'll be in a situation. I don't know anybody and I'm just kind of by myself and I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm observing or I'm on my phone, whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I wish I could go talk to those people. And I, I just don't feel like I can. It's fear, man. Yeah. And then sometimes you have enough alcohol where you're that emotion of fear is like repressed and you're like, no, I'm good. Yeah. I like me. It either represses it or just amplifies it. You think so? Sometimes. Does yeah. it heighten it to, for you sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. But it's all that, but it's all that self-assuredness. It's all knowing who you are and mm-hmm. not being affected by the fact that you could have walked up to your now girlfriend at motor and said, Hey, what's up? I haven't seen you for a long time. Mm-hmm. How have you been? Yeah. And knowing, loving yourself enough to know that she could be like, Hey, John Shrek, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and you'd be, you'd be like, Oh, I still love me. Yeah. Later. You know? Yeah. Cause who cares? I mean, this is at this point, it's more or less a stranger. I don't, I don't interact with this person. I haven't seen this person. Yeah. Or just, or just anybody that you run into. I mean, who cares if they, their response is, I don't want to talk to this person. Okay. We're just going back to where we were five seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's like, if you look at it literally, it's like, oh, now I'm standing at the same spot at the same bar. My friends still love me. The mm-hmm. people that love me unconditionally still love me because there are no conditions to their love. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Just one person in particular didn't want to talk to you. Yeah. Someone that, I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? But now she matters. So. Exactly. Yeah, man. And that doesn't happen. It just, yeah. Right. I've never had the worst situation is someone, and it's usually someone who's like crazy drunk or just out of their mind. And then you're like, no, 
I'll talk to you for a second and then move along. I'm not, I've never once seen somebody go up to somebody and then their reaction to that person is, no, go away. <laughs> Unless it's a really drunk dude right, and exactly. a super hot girl. Yeah. Then it's bound to be. But then in that case, most that's the people, appropriate reaction. Yeah. Most people are very polite. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, hey, go away. Because that's what that guy needs. And if, exactly. And if yeah. they do have that visceral, don't talk to me response, it's something on them. They're going through something. They just don't want to talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, not because, about you. It's not because they thought your jacket was stupid. Right. <laughs> They're like, I just don't want to talk to anybody. It's not. You're at the wrong place at the right time. Exactly. Or wrong wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. You just mixed it up and now it's like, oh, now you're receiving mm-hmm. all that negative energy that was like bound up inside of them. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad. But you got to say, I'm good. I like me. It's too bad you don't like me. Mm-hmm. But I'm still cool with who I am. Because it's that little guy inside of you saying, you suck. Like you're worthless. Nobody, like you're not you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And then when someone says, Hey, you're not good enough. Then you're like, Oh, maybe that little guy inside me is right. Yeah, I knew it. He's on to something. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta kill the little guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think I'm working towards that, but it's still, you know, it's still there for sure. Fake it till you make it, man. Yeah. Cause like on stage, you gotta fake it, man. Yeah. You definitely do. Everyone they, does. They know. They know if you don't, yeah, because when you're, I mean, when you're up there, I mean, you're different. You're different on stage when than you are in person. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but you definitely have a stage presence that you're like, because you have to. You got to hype yourself up and you're like, look, I'm the boss for the next 10, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Th- and this is what's funny. Yeah. And I know because yeah, I'm you- a comedian. A, it's a quote from somebody but you got to show them what's funny you can't be like is this funny yeah because they know they know if you're asking and they don't want to be asked they want to be told yeah it's like a dog tell me what's funny and i'll agree or i won't agree yeah yeah man that was uh to talk about comedy briefly john mulaney mm-hmm. um he t- he uh opened for mike Brabilla. these are two yeah. big comedians yep um, and John Mulaney would do his jokes, but then he would back out of every joke. He'd be like, ah, and he would groan to his own joke almost <laughs> to say like, oh, that was dumb. I take it back. Uh-huh. I know that was dumb, but he didn't have the self-confidence to just say, here are my jokes. Here's what's funny. Listen up guys. I'm funny. And you guys, if you don't laugh at this, cause you don't understand what funny is, but he didn't have that confidence. So every yeah. joke he'd kind of like not stand in his own bombing or whatever happened. He uh-huh. would never get the full reaction because he'd backtrack. He'd pull out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was that you gotta, you got It's like a dog, man. You gotta grab it by the collar and say, "Hey, this is how things are." Yeah, I'm the boss here, and that's what dogs respond to. Mm-hmm. I grabbed a dog one time. This dog, I was playing with this dog at a place I used to work at. Mm-hmm. Everyone would bring their dogs, and the dogs would piss and shit everywhere. It was oh disgusting. But this dog, I was like hanging out with this dog, and the dog got like, it was a Labrador, Labradoodle. It's like a big dog. The dog was like getting carried away. It was like biting my hands and shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this dog's got to cool it. And it kept getting more aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I grabbed the dog's muzzle. I just grabbed it and I was like, no, mm-hmm. no. And I grabbed and I just squeezed it and then it stopped immediately. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then I just left. And the dog followed me around <laughs> for probably 10, 20 minutes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that goes with people too. Mm-hmm. It's like that alpha dog mentality kind of. Yeah. People like a leader. Mm-hmm. They like direction. They like to be told what's up. You mm-hmm. know, people are confused. Yeah. And, then, and they'll believe something for longer than they should sometimes. They'll just like, like, oh, yeah, that's how I should do things. Because, I mean, they said it confidently. So, must yeah, be right. Yeah, man. That's it. And we're all guilty of like following oh, yeah. the leader. Definitely. It's like, nah, he strikes me as, com- it's a Donald Trump thing. I don't oh, get sure. like political, but like when you listen to him talk, it's attractive because you're like, ah, but this guy, he says 
the like worst stuff but you're yeah. still like but he says it so confidently yeah and i think that's how he's able to get away with saying things that are just like you can look at a textbook that is not true and people are just like yeah it's true and i don't care what you right. say it's just true because the nuance in his delivery yeah it's like, like nobody could say something that confidently and it not be real yeah but it's not it's crazy mm-hmm. all right yeah dude well do you have anything else to like that you want to say that you're like, well, this, I've thought about this and like, this is my tip for all the like elementary schoolers listen that listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of elementary school kids. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. None. 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 Are you sure? I'm not. <laughs> I would have no way to know, John. Yeah. Analytics don't go that deep yet. No, not yet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But like, I'll say it's okay to fake confidence. Yeah. And I got to remember that more often. I know it when I'm on stage because I know what happens when you're not that way. But I think off stage, I, I don't do it often enough. Yeah. It's that, you know, a lot of things translate to real life, mm-hmm. you know, take the lessons you learn in whatever you do and apply them to other stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Plug your uh, plug your stuff, man. Plug everything you got going on. Everything I got going on. Yeah. I got uh, I run a show every second and fourth Thursday in Cincinnati at Myrtle's Punch House. We do a stand up showcase and we do a little bit of a concept show. It's uh, it's fun. Should yeah. I, should I say what it is? Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you not? Oh, I, yeah. No. <laughs> Tell us. Okay. Yeah. Confident, John. Yeah. They want to know. Uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, we basically stole about four different concepts and put them all into one, and that's really what art is—is mm-hmm. is taking art. from other people. Great <laughs> artist steal. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, basically we have it's all stand-up comics. We might try to get more people on it in the future, but it's all stand-up comics doing. Uh, they do a little bit of their pre-prepare material, and then they do four different topics that we come up with. Me and uh, Josh O'Neill, my co co-producer, been on the podcast. Uh, we we come up with topics each month and they got a they got a riff on them uh, which is real hard for a lot of stand-up comics including myself i'm real i'm real bad at it so uh, oh, yeah. usually i cheat which is great you <laughs> do cheat yeah yeah well but you're it's all like you got some like pageantry going on though. yeah we uh we, we we wrap it all in a kind of a uh, pro wrestling kind of facade where where both of us are bad guy hosts and we're, we're putting cincinnati comics through the ringer and uh, we don't think they're funny so we make them riff and prove to the audience that they're not which hey they always are yeah, they always do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. Definitely come out. And then you got Meanwhile, right? Uh, meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile is just the the showcase, stand-up showcase. That's on 4th Thursdays. So uh, Thursday Night Buzz is the concept show. That's on 2nd Thursdays. Yeah. Come out to both. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, John. Thank you. All right. Later. Later.